Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. We're going to continue with our series titled Forever and Ever Amen. And this is uh, part two. Who was here last week to hear part one? Raise your hand if you were here. Forever and Ever Amen. And really that's the relationship focus. When we say our vows... We, we don't mean until we first encounter trouble and then I'm out. We say forever and ever, amen, amen. And last week, Mike, right here in the front, she's been married for 57, 58. 50, it's a lot of years, 58 years. Give her another big hand, amen. 58 years. Now, if you talk to her, She's going to tell you it hasn't all been sunshine and roses. I promise you that. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. And if you don't believe me, ask anybody here who's been married for any length of time. We will tell you that. And again, it takes work. But that's, the, that's really the secret to a loving lifetime relationship. Everybody say lifetime relationship. Lifetime relationship. That's what it's all about. And yes, you will encounter trouble. Yes, you will encounter uh, days that will make you rack your brain thinking, what did I do? Why did I say yes? Right? Now, that can happen. And here's the whole point of having a healthy relationship. If your relationship is not centered on Christ, and you two as individuals are here, and you're under that umbrella of Christ's love, if that's not happening you will ask yourself, why did I make that choice? Why was, what was I thinking? Right? And, and that's the danger in not having Christ as the head of your relationship. How many are thankful that God is the head of your relationship today? Amen? Yes, amen. That is the secret to having a healthy relationship. At this time, last night we had a few words spoken by our beloved sister Betty. Amen? Uh, how many enjoyed that last night? That was just great. And I'm going to ask her this morning again. She's going to come up and she's going to share some additional words this morning. Give her a big hand. There you go, sister Betty. Thank you. Good morning, church family. It's just a privilege and a blessing to be back in the house of God. Amen. All of your faces. I have truly missed all of you. I've been down with almost like bronchitis. And um, I said, the sun is out. I am bundled up and come to church. I may look like I'm going to the snow, but I have yeah. to take care of this body. First of all, I'd like to thank my church family. Thank all of you for your love, your prayers, your food, and your inspiration, your encouragement, and everything in this time since um, my beloved husband went. The transition, that's what he did. Yes, he did. The transition to heaven. Yes. And you all have been just, I tell you, just, it have been so wonderful. The food, everything, everything you've done. I want you to know I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And my daughter, Deborah, my son-in-law, Jim, which is my son. Yes. I, they have been my right arm, my left arm. They have helped me. They have been a pillow of 
stretch me. And I want them to know how much I love them and them. Yes. I thank all of you and I love all of you. This is something I just wanted to share briefly that I wrote um, in 2014. My granddaughter that lives in Oregon, she came down to Stockton and she and her husband, they got married. Ed did the, the wedding. He performed the ceremony and it was so special. And she asked me, uh, Grandma, would you have something to say at my wedding? And I said, I would be honored to, to speak. And this is what God gave me. What love is. Love is a verb, an action word. Love is all powerful. Love is being patient, kind, compassionate, tender, and thoughtful to each other. Love is learning to compromise and respect each other's opinion with an open mind. Having good communication is key to your having a loving and healthy relationship. Talk to and not to each other. Talk to and not talk at each other. Keep the lines of communication open. Keep it real. Be truthful. Listen well at what each other is saying. Love is saying, I'm sorry, and forgiving one another. Love is respect, honor, faithfulness, and commitment to each other. Love always protects cares for each other, and has each other's best interests. As you be, as I was telling her, as she began her marriage, never allow anyone or anything to come between the two of you. As I speak to you, this was applied to me as well. And this is the way Ed and I lived our lives. Never allow anyone or anything to come between the two of you. Put God first in helping you to be the husband, the wife, and the parent in your marriage and in your life. Remember love is the greatest gift of all because love, it never fails. Amen. 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 Give her a big hand. Amen. We appreciate our sister Betty, and um, thank you for those loving words. Those are words of wisdom, okay? If you don't know that, if you're not using those things in your relationship, the things she just described about love, keeping it real. Love is saying, I'm sorry. Sometimes you have to say you're sorry. And, and we're going to talk about that this morning, but uh, those are some of the things that that we use to have a healthy relationship. I know, uh, I don't know about you, but I want a healthy relationship always with my wife. As I said last night, and I've always told her since the day I met her, I want to grow old with you, Anna. I want to grow old with you. And that should be each of our desires, right? To grow old with our spouse. It's not just to have a wonderful honeymoon and a wonderful first year of marriage and forget it, I'm out at the first sign of trouble. Our, our desire should be to our, to our spouse because we put ourselves in submission to the Lord. Amen? When we do that, 
all the blessings of God begin to flow into that relationship. How many are happy to know that God is in the center of your relationship? Amen? Amen. 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 Well, I want to start off this morning, part two of our Forever and Ever Amen series. I want to start off by looking at my wife and saying, roses are red, violets are blue. My love for you will always be true. You and I were meant to stay together, and each day it only gets better. Now, I could keep going and going, right? But many of you here today, I'm sure, said something like that after you left our Valentine's Day banquet. I'm hoping you said something like that to your spouse after you left the Valentine's Day banquet last night. Because that was the whole purpose of rekindling. You know, you ever take a matchbox and strike it? And and that's a, a spark, right? And you ever get a wet matchbox and no matter how hard you strike it, no matter how many matches you get, if it's wet, there's no spark there. And and hopefully that's none of the marriages here and I don't believe it was, but I'm praying that there was a spark ignited last night, that there was a spark that is going to carry on and it's up to the both of you to maintain that spark. You know, I have a fireplace at home. I don't just light it and it keeps burning all night long. I don't just light it and forget all about it. I got to keep adding wood to it. I got to keep stoking that fire, right? You got to keep stoking that fire. Otherwise, it's going to die. And same thing in a relationship. It's going to die. I think uh, just like my mic just died. That's better. There we go. All right. So again, the question I asked last week, is it possible to stay in love? Is it possible to stay in love? And the answer really was, according to our society and our culture, it's not probable. Because, and why I say that is, the divorce rate is over 60% in our country. 60% of marriages fail. That's a reality we all are faced with. Uh, for some of you, again, it's, it's uh, your second marriage and so forth. But our, our, our desire should be to have a long-lasting covenant. Amen? That should always be the desire. Now, it's not probable, but it is possible to stay in love forever and ever. Amen. How many agree with that? Amen. I didn't hear you. Amen. Amen. That's better. Now, on your outline, it says there's something in you and me like God that desires to have a love or a close, intimate love relationship with someone, hopefully your spouse, for a lifetime. It's, it's an innate desire that God places inside of you when you are a young person. Maybe, maybe you know, that could be anybody under the age of uh, 65 here today, a young person. And uh, God placed that desire in your heart for someone else. And there may be a season where you're fine as a single person, but all of a sudden, you know, February 14th comes around and you see everybody looking, you know, and you're starting to feel a little... You know, getting into that self-pity thing, and I, and I understand, and that's possible. But, you know, God puts people around you, right? Number one, you have family members and so forth. But God will put a special person in your life. How many know that? Put God first, and He will answer the desires of your heart. Put God first. Amen? I tell my daughters this all the time. If you put God first, He'll bring you someone, the perfect someone. Not only that... That, that boy, that young man, better treat you like a princess. If he doesn't, you don't, he don't deserve you, number one, because dad's going to make sure of that. Amen? Amen? Amen. For If you're not married here today, 
you're a female, make sure he treats you like a princess, all right? Get that square right now. Amen. The scripture verse that we read this morning, John chapter 13, and if you can stand with me while I read a a few uh, passages, it's on your outline. Uh, Actually, this one isn't on your outline, but John 13, 34 and 35 (coughs) said the following. A new command I give you, love one another. Everybody say that. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. It goes on to say, if they treat you wrong, you don't have to love them. If they pick on you, you don't have to love them. Oh, wait, it doesn't say that, right? It doesn't say that. It says, it says this, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4, which is on your outline. It says the following. This is the love chapter, chapter 13. It's, uh, it's written by Barry White. Uh, just kidding. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. Father God, Lord, we hear these words, these, these wonderful words of love. And, and Father, we each here fail on so many areas, Lord. And, and Lord, our desire is to not fail, but to grow in love with our spouse, even with those around us. And I pray this morning that you would help each of us including myself, including Anna, my, our relationship, Lord, that we would each have a greater desire to put away our selfishness and be selfless, which is the opposite of selfish. So, Lord, I pray this morning that our desire to have a, a stronger marriage, a stronger relationship would be so great that we would both be on the same page as, as uh, married couples. Lord, help us to be on that same page, to keep it real, Lord, to not let the sun go down on our anger. Father, that we would confess our sins one to another, and that, Lord, that you would pour out your blessings upon each and every relationship here today. So we pray that in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. 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 Look at your neighbor and tell him again, uh, God loves you. God loves you. And you may be seated this morning, because God does love you. God does. If nobody else loves you, God loves you. Amen. God loves you this morning. Sometimes we just, we just need to hear that. I'm a big believer in that. See, I didn't get raised in church. This, I came to church, and you've all heard my story, in my late 20s, and, and I didn't know anything about church. And somebody had to tell me, Rick, God loves you. I was like, wow, God loves me. I, I never had heard that. And, and so it's refreshing to get reminded, God loves you. Don't ever take that for granted. God loves each of you. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, which is where we're going to read from this morning. Philippians chapter 2, and it's on your outline on the front page of your outline. Philippians chapter 2, I want to read verses 3 through 8. And you don't have to stand for this, but I want to read these few verses. Do, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Do not look to your own interests, but rather to the interests of others. 
in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself by nothing or made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Amen. Christ let go of what he deserved so that you and I could experience forgiveness of sin. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that today? Because if he hadn't gone to the cross, we would have to face that penalty. But he said, no, no, brother Jim, you don't have to do that. I'm going to do it for you. No, brother Wayne, you don't have to do that. I'm going to do it for you. Why? Because this is how much he loved you. Right here. This is how much he loved you, church. He loved you. He went to the cross. That's talking about a selfless love. It's getting self out of the way. And, and the, the longer I've been married, the more I've come to realize that the problems in marriage are self. We get in the way. We mess it up because we're selfish. We're selfish. And what we need to learn is to, uh, you know, well, I'm going to get to my points. I'm getting ahead of myself here. But uh, here was what, here's what I want you to do. Tell your neighbor, it's not about me. Look at your neighbor right now and tell him, it's not about me. <laughs> and, and, and why I'm saying that is, if, if you're just thinking it's always about you, you're going to be in trouble for some serious relationship uh, going on, right? You're going to be in a world of hurt if it's always all about you. You have to learn to say, okay, um, I need to take a look at this from my wife's point of view, or I need to take a look at this from my husband's point of view. You can't always be right, even though Brian said last night, Jill is always right. <laughs> that was awesome. How much did you pay him to say that last night? That was awesome. He was obviously joking. <laughs> so Jill isn't always right, okay? She recognizes that, and as long as you each recognize that, you're going you're gonna to do fine in your, in your marriage, excuse me. You're not the most important person in the room. Think back to when you got married. Or if you went to a wedding this year, this past year, you went to a wedding, who was the most important person in that room? Bride. The bride was. Was it the minister? No. Was it the maid of honor? No. Was it, was it any part of the wedding party? No. It was the bride. Amen? You defer to them. You show respect to them. This is what we do in a healthy relationship. We respect each other. I love what Sister Betty said last night. You respect each other. See, there's a line as a re, in, a, in a good, healthy relationship we never cross. There are certain words you just never say. There are certain actions you never take because there's a line. Because once you jump on that line, oh boy, I can never take it back. There's words that you say you can never take it back. You may say, oh, forgive me. Anna, forgive me. I didn't mean that. But guess what? That word is out there. That word is going to echo in here in her mind, his mind. you got to be respectful at all times. You know, the, the Bible teaches us that as children. Honor your mother and father. It's really saying respect them. It didn't say just honor them when they're right. Honor them because most of you here, just like me, we didn't always agree with our parents, right? And you didn't feel like honoring them at that time. 
Well, the Bible says if you want it to go well with you, if you want to have many years on this land, on this earth, you respect your parents. You respect your mother and father. Same thing in a relationship. Respect each other. It starts right there. And, and, and you got to fight for that. That means sometimes biting your tongue. That's hard to do sometimes in the middle of possibly a heated moment. We don't have arguments, right? We have discussions. Amen? And, and the other thing is, Take it behind closed doors. If you two get into a discussion, don't do that discussion in front of your kids. Do them a favor. Don't argue in front of your kids. Amen. Amen. They don't need to hear that. They, want, they need to see you coming to your spouse and saying, you know, uh, I need you to forgive me. And I need you to forgive me. And you need to do that kind of stuff in front of your uh, children. They need to see how a healthy relationship works. Uh, and vice versa. She needs to come to me if, if she does something. Um, I'm just throwing that out for you so that you can gain and glean some wisdom here this morning. Amen? Amen. Respect and honor is how you treat your loved one. Always, always. Yes. Treat them as if they are the most important person in the room. Yes. When you go to the White House, guess who the most important person in the room is? Whether you like him or not, it's the president, Right? That's the most important person in the room. And in a relationship, that's how you got to look at your spouse, as if they are the most important person in the room. Remember, it's not about you. It's not about you. That's, how, that's one of the keys to a healthy relationship. Who agrees with that this morning? Can I get an amen? Amen. amen? Remember, love is a decision you made. It's a decision you make. It's a lifestyle you choose to live. See, you, you choose to love your spouse. You, just like you can choose not to love them. And, and, and love, as Betty hit it right on, is a verb, is an action. Love is doing. Love is doing. And not just on February 14th or Valentine's Day. Hopefully you husbands out there didn't just get chocolates or flowers for this coming holiday on the 14th Valentine's. Hopefully you're doing that throughout the year. Hopefully you're doing it on, you know, March 14th, June 14th, or whatever date that might come. If he's only buying you chocolates or roses on that day, you are failing, man. And likewise with the women. If you're only being nice to your husband on that day, we got to talk. We got to counsel. We got we to gotta talk some more. Amen. A healthy relationship is doing this all year round. Yes. All year round. Amen. Now, it starts with looking at your spouse, as, uh, looking at them and knowing that they're the most important person because they are. The more you respect your, your spouse, the more I respect Anna, the more I look at her and say, she's number one, the healthier my marriage is going to be. Because guess what happens? She gets to see that. Oh, wow, he's, he's really deferring and making me number one in his life. Guess what she begins to do? She begins to reciprocate that. And all of a sudden, I have that same back at me. Yes. And it's a wonderful, healthy thing when you begin to do that. Amen? Yeah. Remember, love is a decision you make. It's a decision you make. It's a verb that requires action. It requires opening the doors for your spouse, gentlemen. It requires... Uh, walking hand in hand sometimes, even right after a discussion. Grab her hand, and, and pretty soon things smooth over because you've already asked her to forgive you. Us men, we're knuckleheads sometimes, right? 
we say dumb things. I know because I'm a man and I've seen how men operate. We say dumb things and we need to ask for forgiveness continually. And, and, and you women too, but, but I, I can only speak from the men's perspective. And, and so grab your woman's hand. Oh, but Pastor Rick, I, I'm not that affectionate type. Well, maybe she is. Maybe she likes that. Grab her hand and you watch what happens. You're going to get extra credit for that, gentlemen. Amen. Do not look at your own interests. Don't be just self-absorbed. Think about your spouse's interests. Amen. See, one of the things that um, I discovered about Anna upon meeting her was she loved to go to the city, San Francisco. And I'm not a big San Francisco. I love to you know, visit every now and then, but I don't like to go there like all the time. But if I asked Anna, where do you want to go? Let's go to the city, right? Or shopping. But city's really high up there. And so our first date was in the city, in the, city the city by the bay. And we went and we had a great time. And now, was that my first choice? No. But I deferred and I said, I'm going to get to know this lady. Um, our first date was there and I knew already I was going to marry her. I already knew it. She just didn't know it at that time. And so our first date was there in the city. We went on a cable car and we had a great time. And, you know, I, I, I pulled my move, you know, move on her. And, you know, it gets chilly in San Francisco. And I said, uh, Anna, are you getting cold? Yes. Anna, are you cold? And then she said, yes. I said, well, so I took my jacket off and I put her around. Her. Can I hold you? Can I, can I warm you up? And, and she liked that. So I, I, I warmed her up and that was my smooth move right there. And, and, and that was my hook right there. And she just looked at me like that. And, and then we went to Vista Point right off the Golden Gate Bridge. And we parked there for about an hour, watched the stars and stuff and listened to some music. Yes, we had a romantic date. I won't go into any more detail. We were grown adults, all right? Okay. Yes, I did. Right there, yes. But we were grown adults already. I was 33, and Anna was 10, 10 right. <laughs> Not quite. But we were grown adults. Here's what the Bible says in verse 5 of that passage we just read. In your relationship with, another, with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, what was his mindset? It was being a servant. It was... What, what can I do for you, honey? What, what do you need, dear? I'm, I'm just going to let you in on that secret. If you have that attitude, if you have that mentality, you're going to have a blessed marriage. You're going to have a blessed relationship. Because by doing that, you're inspiring your spouse to treat you back the same way. Have you figured out that when you're nasty to her, gentlemen, she's going to be nasty right back to you? Have you figured that real quick? Because that's how it works. You get what you give. Right? You get what you give. So again, you want to have a great relationship? Give out love. Exude that love. Exude respect and honor. Amen. Verse 6 of that passage said this, Who being in very nature God, I'm going to skip down to verse 7, Rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. <clears throat> now, this is Jesus taking the nature of a servant. He didn't need to be a servant. He, he was the king of kings and is the king of kings. Yet he came, submitted himself as a servant. How much more should you and I become servants in our relationship to our spouse? I know a couple here, the spouse, the gentleman rubs his wife's or vice versa. She rubs his feet, right? 
because of the things that he does around the house. He gets rewarded because his wife rubs his feet. That's a beautiful thing. That's awesome. Now, maybe that might not work in your relationship. Nobody's going to touch his feet, right? And you're certainly not going to touch his feet. Well, it works for them. Get something, do something that works for the both of you. You, you have, you're, really what that is is submission, becoming a servant at that point and saying, here you go, honey, I want to do this for you because I love you. I may not enjoy doing this, but I really love you and I want you to be blessed by this. That's really what that spouse is saying to their spouse. Amen? I can, here's the other thing too is in a relationship is uh, one of the things that will lead you down a, a slippery slope and, and, and discussions are always wanting to be right, right? And now don't, don't elbow your, your spouse right now because you know how it is. One of you always wants to be right. And, and the other one doesn't hesitate to point that out. And, and I'll admit it, sometimes I'm that one in my, in my relationship. Or, but Anna can fight back just as good. But we don't do that all the time. And I've learned that I can either choose to be right all the time and lose the argument, lose the battle. You know, that if you choose to be right all the time, you're going to lose the battle. Because if you're pointing it out to your spouse, if you're saying, hey, dear, um, no, that wasn't the way to do it. Um, you should have done it this way or you should have said this or no, you're wrong. Especially if you do it in front of a crowd, especially when you do it in front of others. You know, that's showing no respect to your spouse. That's a form of uh, a lack of respect to your spouse. Now, I've learned to not do that. When I was first married, oh, no, that was, you got the story backwards. You know how we, we, we say the story, our, the husband will start it, the wife will finish it, or vice versa, and, and because one of us got it all wrong. Now, we can choose to point out, oh, honey, you, no, that's not the way it went. Or we can just let them continue on with the story, right? And when we get home, well, you know what really happened was this. But don't go criticize them in front of other people because that's not showing them respect. Amen? Learn to do that. Learn to let go of things and not always have your way. That's hard for somebody that is uh, controlling, somebody that likes to always be in control. That's very difficult. Christ on your outline, Christ let go of what he deserved so you and I could receive what we don't deserve, which is his unconditional love. Everybody say unconditional love. Unconditional love. That's a heavy, heavy word right there, a pair of words there, meaning that it's not something that comes natural to us. Unconditional love. We have to train our minds, we have to train our spirits to love unconditionally. That means even when they hurt you. Even when they say a word to you that you might not agree with. Even when, even when things aren't going your way, you still got to love unconditionally, right? Again, uh, it starts with us as children. Honor your mother and father. It's really saying is love unconditionally. Love unconditionally. And, and I know that many of us aren't raised in that godly home. The leave it to beaver home, right? For those of us that are 35 or older. Um, but all of us have, have our experiences in life that bring us to where we're at today. But you can still show honor and respect. You can still show love and compassion. Love unconditionally to your spouse. Amen? You need to do that in order to be blessed in your marriage this morning. Um, bye. All right, I don't need that.
So here, here's the other key, is you can't have it both ways in your marriage. You can't be right and she right, or you can't be right all the time and have everything go your way all the time. It just doesn't work that way. You've got you've to give and you've got to take. You've got to give and you've got to take. And, and that's a healthy relationship. If it's one-sided, I'll tell you right now, you do not have a healthy relationship if it's always one-sided. It's not a God-designed relationship. It's got to be a give and take. Amen. Point number one on your outline, which is um, where I'm headed at now. I've got three points to cover, and then we're going to be done. Point number one says, to stay in love, it requires that I yield my needs to the needs of the one I, be, I want to be loving to. This is extremely hard to do if you're a selfish person. We have to submit Submit ourselves. And there's that word I used last week, submission. Nobody likes to use the word submission anymore. Submission is like, oh, really? Do I have to? Yes, you do. For a healthy relationship, yes, you do. you got to submit yourself. We submit to God, don't we? We need to submit to one another, especially to our spouses. Again, don't correct your spouse when they're wrong in front of other people. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't correct them. Don't correct the story they're telling. Let it go. And, and that can be a bad habit, spouses, that we, we get into over the course of years, is we know how the story goes because we know we're right, and our spouse, she, does, she don't got it. She messed up somewhere, and we need to correct her. No, you don't. Just let it go. Let it go. Don't blame them for the wrong. Sometimes just take the blame for yourself. You, you know you don't, you don't deserve the blame, but take the blame anyways. Have you ever done that? Oh, no, I, I, but I didn't do anything wrong. Sometimes that's the healthy thing to do in a relationship. Sometimes you need to sacrifice and, and take the bullet, as they say, right? You take the bullet. You take the hit for the sake of a loving relationship. Again, you can win the battle, but you may lose the war. And I don't know about you, but I want to win the war. I want to win the war, the overall war. We're, in, we're warring together, my wife and I. This is, this, this is spiritual warfare as well, that you're under attack in a relationship. The devil wants to destroy your marriages, and, and you need to realize that it's real. The, the enemy wants to destroy the very fabric of marriage. That's where our country stands today with so many issues coming against marriage because it wants to destroy the fabric of a family which is what you have right here. You two, as a, as a husband and a wife, are, are the foundation, the fabric of our country. Amen. Right here, amen? amen? Point number two on your outline. Christ modeled that you and I must die to ourselves so that there may be an intimate love relationship with the one we love. Again, it's, it's submission. It's, it's dying to ourselves. It's, it's dying to our needs. Like I mentioned last night, I think, uh, at the banquet, sometimes that means turning off the Warriors game, okay, and listening to my wife. And I mean listening, not hearing, listening. Listening means giving her 100% undivided attention. That means TV off, not mute, TV off. That means the computer off. That means if I'm studying, close the book, yes, dear, you know, and then, and then listening to her. Husbands, we need to do that better, don't we? El wives, you can elbow your husband right now any second. All right? Because I know that's true. 
And, and, and wives, we need to do, you need to do that as well with your husbands. Do it in a respectful way as well. Amen. Christ modeled that you and I must die to ourselves. Be less selfish. Be selfless. Give up that selfishness. It's a hard thing to do because that's what our society teaches. Our society teaches be selfish. Um, uh, climb over people on that corporate ladder. It doesn't matter what you got to do to get to this spot. That's what our culture teaches us rather than being selfless. Amen? And then our final point this morning, point number three, Christ discounted the opportunity to be right so he could be loving to others and have a love relationship. See, he didn't have to go to the cross. Jesus didn't have to go to the cross. He had no sins to pay for. The only reason he went to the cross was for you and me on that cross. Amen? And and he decided to to forego being right. And he said, I'm going to do this for each of you here today. I'm going to go to that cross to be loving and to stay in love with his bride, the church. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Amen? Now, as husbands and wives, we need to be honoring, or, or let me rephrase this. To be honoring is to treat him or her like they are the most important person, not only in that room, but in the entire world. Amen? Is she your world? Is he your world? That's how you got to look at each other. In a healthy love relationship, look at them and say, Honey, you are the most important thing to me. And, and, and when you begin to say those things, it, it, I, I don't care who you are. That, that it's an igniter. It's igniting a little spark, right? And, and, and before you know it, you have a, a nice flame going in that fireplace. right? And that's what you want for each of your relationships. Amen. You need to always uh, show her love. Show him love. To be, and to honor her and respect her and respect him and honor him. Again, love is a verb. It is something you do. It's an action. Is it hard? Of course it is. It's not, it doesn't come natural. It's not easy. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. So if you're single here today, I should be scaring you because you're hearing these terms. Sacrifice, work, I got to submit. I got to, all these terms. Yeah, that's part of a healthy marriage. It's part of a healthy marriage. And if you want a successful marriage, you got to work at it. You got to work at it. And it's the most beautiful thing you will have in this world is a godly, healthy relationship. How many agree with that today? Amen. When you do it God's way, when you do it God's way, I'm just trying to help you and save you heartache. Nobody likes heartache, especially when God is not involved. You bring heartache. I see it over and over. I see it constantly. And it brings heartache to me to know that if God would have been involved with that from the very beginning, from the very get-go, they would have spared themselves all this trouble. Now, does God not walk with that person? No. God will choose to walk with you. Say you're the only one walking in that relationship with God. He'll walk with you. He'll encourage you. But boy, He could save you a lot of heartache if you had just involved Him from the very beginning. Amen? Amen. Love is a verb. It's something you do. Now, it's easy to fall in love but if you listen to these steps that we just, we just talked about, if you begin, begin to make love a verb, you will have or you're on your way to enjoy a forever and ever relationship. How many want that this morning? Forever and ever. Amen? Amen. And 
I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to challenge you with this question. Married couples, I'm talking to you this morning. Does something else come before your spouse right now? Is your marriage really first? Is, is golf more important? Is going shopping to the mall more important? Is, uh, you, you fill in the blank. Whatever that is, 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 uh, is that more important than your spouse? Well, if it is, you've got your priorities twisted. Your marriage is twisted. And it's not going to be blessed the way it can be. Amen? Amen. Your spouse, and it was said last night, God, your spouse, your children. Yes. You flip those, the, the, it's unbalanced. It's unbalanced. God, your spouse, your children. Yeah. In that order. And then your family and friends after that. If you want a healthy relationship, that's the way you have to maintain it. How many have seen that to be true in your life? Amen? I know we have. Amen. Make your marriage first. Your marriage comes before your children. I love my children. I have three, three girls. I have uh, three granddaughters and a brand new grandson. And I love every one of them. I love my little baby grandson. But you know, I love this woman right here first. Yes. I love her first before all of them. Sorry, Raquel. That's the way it is. <laughs> you understand. Your marriage comes before your children. It comes before your job. It comes before your smartphone, before time on Facebook, before time on Snapchat, before time on Instagram, before time on any of the social media stuff. Your spouse comes first. Amen. What it means is sometimes you have to say no to other things that come into your life. If you want a healthy relationship, sure, you can go ahead and do that. Go out, golfing, go out, you know, fill in the blank. But if you want a healthy relationship, sometimes it means having to say no to these other things. You know why that is? Because they're time stealers. They're time stealers. Have you ever done something, you know, uh, like I, I do this if I go to a movie I don't like, well, there's two hours I'm never going to get back, right? But have you ever done something, like, oh man, that, that's the whole day I'll never get back right there. Because uh, you, you did something, because we can never get back. We only have so many seconds, so many minutes, so many hours per day. The world and the enemy is trying to steal those minutes from your relationship as well. Be cognizant of that. Realize that the enemy wants to take that time of you building and investing into your relationship. Be aware and protect your marriage from those time intruders. They're intruders. They come in into your life on a daily basis. You don't have to, you don't have to, do, you don't have to say yes to everything. There will be times where Pastor Ann and I have to say no to maybe having someone come over or uh, uh, um, you know, counseling somebody because I need to be spending time with her. I mentioned to you before, we go on weekly dates. Yes. Yeah, we dated when we were, before we got married, but we still date. We still date. That is a, a blessing for every marriage here today. If you're a single person here today, know that you've got to continue dates later when you're married. Amen. That is a way to continually bless your marriage. We get away. You know, it could be to a restaurant. It could be down on, on, uh, at, the, at the marina here in Vallejo, just sitting there in a chair, watching, uh, sitting on the dock, watching the ships roll in. Right, brother? <laughs> yeah, Otis Redding, right? Yeah, I was waiting for that. But, uh, you know, it's something simple. Going for a hike. Going to a park. 
What it is, it's quality time with my wife. That's what it is. It's not about spending $100 or $200 going to the city and taking her to the most romantic restaurant. It's about spending quality time with her. Now, husbands, wives, make it a point to date your spouse. Make it a point to continue to to maintain a healthy relationship. Amen. Will you do that? Amen. I want you to stand together with me this morning as we close. Stand with me. If you're, if you're married here today, if you have a relationship you want improved on, I want you to read this uh, aloud together. It's on your outline. Read, we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. And if you're contemplating marriage, you're single here today, this is the key right here. This is the key to love relationships. Let's read it together. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, keeps no record or wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Amen, amen, amen. That right there, church, is if you want a healthy relationship, a healthy marriage, love is where it's at. Love is where it's at. It's, it's what Betty said earlier. It's keeping it real. Keeping it real. You got to keep it real. Amen? amen? Let's bow our heads this morning. And, and I want to pray also that uh, uh, I know most of you here today, and I, and I pray that God continues to bless every relationship, every marriage. Um, but let's just bow our heads, Father. Father God, we come before you, and Lord, we thank you for our marriage, and, and maybe it may not be in a perfect position, but Lord, I pray that you would use uh, these keys, uh, these, uh, these points that we're talking about, that each couple here would learn to put aside themselves and make their spouse number one. And if they both do that, Lord, oh my goodness, what blessings will flow into their life. What... Uh, supernatural power will flow in their marriage. And so, Lord, I just pray that everyone, every couple here, would continue to put you number one, Lord, that it would start with you, and as the both of them point to you, grow in relationship with you, you would increase their love for one another, that you would pour out, pour out your blessings upon them this morning. And we thank you for that this morning.